Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Cafe Hustle. I'm Andy Jones and today I'm talking to Jonathan Nalawaco of Campers Coffee in Olympia, Washington. Jonathan's an army veteran and he was also a pastor for 15 years before moving into developing his outreach program called City Campers, working in and around Olympia, helping homeless people, people struggling with mental health. So doing a lot of good work in and around his town. So today we chat about how Jonathan learned to roast and some of the adventures he had in part of that process of learning to roast. We talk about his growth plans for the next 12 months and how he hopes that Campers Coffee will expand to further support his outreach program. And we'll also talk about the challenges of sourcing equipment and getting his coffee shop set up through the pandemic. This is a great story of how someone gets involved with coffee and then is fully immersed in it and it's a really interesting chat so we'll find out more about that and everything else when we get back from thanking our sponsors is training new staff members costing you huge amounts of money and only achieving inconsistent results at best trainual with its easy to use platform can significantly reduce your training costs whilst increasing consistency across your entire business through recording and documenting your repeatable tasks all in one place Visit trainual.com and use promo code CAFEHUSTLE for a seven-day free trial and 10% off your first 12 months. This is a quick shout-out, so if you are really liking what we're doing, if there's anything in particular you like or you think someone else will benefit from what we do at the Cafe Hustle, please share it with them, let them know about particular episodes or the show as a whole, and I'd also love your feedback. Please drop me an email at andy at thecafehustle.com and let me know what you think of this show. So, Jonathan, thank you for joining me on the Cafe Hustle. How are you doing? Doing wonderful. Enjoying the day. Yeah. And we're going to just jump straight into it then. And let me know what keeps you motivated to do what you do. So what motivates me, uh, I have a quote. (laughs) Uh, The quote that kind of motivates me right now is it says, um, all of us at some point, time or another need help, whether we're giving or receiving help. Each one has something valuable to bring to it in the world. That's one thing that connects us as neighbors in our own way. Each one of us is a giver and receiver of hope. Of hope. And that was the great Mr. Rogers. I don't know if you're familiar no. with Mr. Rogers. Uh, uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? No? No. Oh, okay. No. I guess he never made it overseas then. Okay. So that's kind, of what, that. yeah, that's kind of what motivates me. Um, I, I was a pastor, a church uh, pastor for about 15 years and started doing uh, more outreach kind of stuff to people on the street, people that are kind of like having a hard time, you know, with either addiction, mental illness, things like that. Um, and uh, so that's kind of what I started doing after I stopped church ministry. And um, that's how I started. Uh, I'm kind of jumping ahead. City Campers, which is why I started Campers Coffee to support that. So that was a big jump. But <laughs> That's the that's the that's the the Reader's Digest version. Yeah. <laughs> to this to the first question. <laughs> yeah. So tell me a bit more about the jump to coffee then. So why why go down the route it, it, from city campers to campus coffee? Why that connection? Why coffee? Well, um, also another piece of my history is I was in the military, and in the military we drink coffee all day long. Like there's never like it's never like a coffee time. It's always coffee time. And so when I got out of the military, I didn't drink as much coffee. And actually, with my oldest daughter, um, who's uh, 19, she started to get into um, pour over. Like she got a Chemex and she started to do like pour over coffee. And I was still stuck in the Keurig kind of uh, phase. And then finally, she like made me one of the coffees. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Like 
I need more of this. And so that's kind of where it started, started. Um, and then uh, I was in San Diego, which is, I mean, I'm in Washington state, San Diego's in California state. And I, so um, just through a friend of a friend, I saw that they had uh, uh, visited a roastery, like a small little got uh you know warehouse space that had a roaster uh the guy was that owned it was a believer um and so we had that in common so i stopped there and i literally like knocked on the door i was like hey can you show me roasting and he's like uh sure i guess so i think in my uh my personal instagram like way back there's that video of it's like kind of cringy like of me just kind of like impeding on his space and like forcing him to do a video with me <laughs> and uh so i started i started uh like most roasters probably i don't mean in the states anyways we start with like the popcorn maker we kind of put our hand in like hey can i roast coffee like is this a thing that like people do at their house and i was like this is pretty good and i started to like you know 16 or it was like eight ounces at a time and then i got like a little bigger toaster oven looking coffee maker and then uh, about that point, I was producing enough coffee where I started to do some events and people started to hear that I was doing coffee. And so at first I would just do an event as a fundraiser just to raise money for city campers. And then at one of my events, someone was like, hey, Jonathan, you, you're pretty good at making coffee and you're pretty friendly and talking about coffee seems like it's something that excites you. Why don't you start some kind of coffee business? And I was like, I don't need to start a business. My wife started a business and that was, I mean, it's difficult starting a bit, you know, it's difficult starting a business. And Absolutely. Yeah. So I kind of was like, ah, this and that. And so, uh, then I kind of, uh, as a believer, I mean, I prayed about it. I kind of like tried to see what kind of a direction, tried to get guidance from friends, from people way smarter than me. And it seemed like because I was kind of in transition in my job wise, that, uh, it would be something that would kind of help roll into city campers, supporting city campers providing some income for my family and this kind of meeting people and raising awareness for what we're doing. And uh, so I went back to Patrick in uh, San Diego and learned, I, I, you know, talked to him. I was like, Hey, I think I'm going to go for this. Could you teach Patrick me more? Patrick taught you how to, yeah. to roast. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, I, I think I'm going to go for this. Can you teach me more? And he's like, Oh yeah, totally. So he's been like the biggest coffee mentor to me. Like, all along the way. So I, I started, I founded City or Campers Coffee in February of last year. So it was right. I remember because I did a Valentine's event. This February 21? Yeah, 21. Yeah. So I started. Just a coffee shop for the roast. Uh, no, no. I just started. Oh. That's when I got my license. That's when I um I went in March. I went to his place, to Patrick's place, and I roasted, I don't know, like 30 pounds. And that was like my first batch I, I sold. Actually, I, I gave most of it away to friends and family. Just said like, Hey, try this coffee. Let me know if it's good. Like, I don't know. I love it. And it seems like it's good. And everyone was like, this is the greatest coffee. And I was like, but most of them are like, you know, they go to the, you know, the the evil empire, what I like to call it. I'm not going to mention their name. Don't mention that name. They don't deserve their. (laughs) Uh, So they started to, all of them started to kind of ask more questions like, hey, how do I brew this? Like, where do I grind? How do I grind it? So I started to kind of like, educate and it started with like my parents and like their friends were like hey this is really good coffee i want to get away from coffee that i'm making at home and i want to start making better coffee with this and so i was like well yeah if you're you know paying 20 dollars a pound you want to make better coffee than just a drip like that's um so started to look for a space and uh i mean space is limited there's there's not a ton of spaces available in my county it's pretty busy and um just happened upon 
kind of a warehouse space. And uh, I got that. Well, it was available in June of last year, but I was going to be gone for the summer in, in Mexico. And so I ended up having to pay two months and it was empty just so I could have the space. But um, I started build out in August and September, and then I opened uh, October 1st. And uh, I still, I mean, I'm doing events maybe once or twice a month. Like I have one on Friday and uh, I had one last month. I've had a couple like super random events where someone will call and be like, Hey, I heard you make coffee. Can you do hot dogs? I'm like, well, I mean, I guess I can, but <laughs> coffee and hot dogs is, doesn't seem like a, it's a bit of a bit of a jump. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about <laughs> that. So, uh, so that's kind of uh, where it came from. And I mean, I have I don't have a ton of signage or publication stuff in the shop that talk about city campers because I want it to not be overwhelming. Uh, I don't know if you've gone to, you've probably gone to coffee shops that support some cause. And it's like, you walk in a coffee shop and like, that's everything. Like all their, all their roasts are like, you know, hungry children, dark roast or something. That's probably a little bit of extreme, but I'm saying like, I want it to be more subtle. And so people see, you know, things in the shop and they'll ask, like, I have a, a buy one, give one cup. So when someone could donate a cup of coffee, cause I, I serve coffee on Tuesday nights for our outreach. And so it's an easy way to talk to people about what we do. I have, um, I think I have just some flyers in, on one of the tables. And so when someone picks up the flyer, they're like, oh, what's this? And I'll tell them. Sometimes I'll, I'll drive my re- outreach vehicle, which is an old ambulance. I'll drive it to the coffee shop. And then people will be like, what's the deal with the ambulance? And I'll be like, oh, let me tell you. So, so yeah, that's kind of uh, the journey I'm on right now. I'm still very new. I mean, October first was kind of our unofficial opening and we just opened more regular hours in December. So October, November, we were kind of like Fridays and Saturdays, just kind of testing the waters. People could on order online and then pick it up on the shop. And uh, so December, I got uh, one of my, I, got, I hired a barista and so we had more consistent hours. Yeah. So in terms of the roast and what are some of the lessons you learned on your journey of learning how to roast with Patrick? What's Patrick's full name? Patrick, that's a good question. I think <laughs> I want to say Erickson. Yeah, I think it's Erickson. Yeah. Erickson. So, well, I automatically something popped in my head. So I decided that um, for some reason I have no like background in cooking anything ever. My wife will tell you, and my my kids will tell you the same thing. They're like, he burns macaroni. Um, I decided that it was a good idea to try to infuse coffee beans with alcohol, like right away. Like I was roasting on the pop- popcorn maker. And I was like, this is a thing people do and I want to do it. And so I just like redid some research and just kind of like went for it. And I soaked, I think the first one was a pound. I soaked a pound of beans in a, like a honey brandy. And I was like, I mean, two days is probably good to soak it. And so I soaked it and then I, I dried it and I just kind of like kept checking it to see when it was at a temperature or at, you know, at a dryness. I didn't have a meter. I know now that I, if I had a, a moisture meter, I could really tell when it would roast well. But I just kind of decided, okay, it's time to roast it. And I roasted on the little popcorn maker and it, it turned out really good. So from that, I decided before that March trip, I went to Patrick's, I decided that I was going to uh, soak a larger amount. His roaster, uh, which actually, there's a tangent for you. The roaster that I learned how to roast on I just bought from him and I just hooked it up in my shop yesterday. 
So it's the roaster that I learned how to roast on. And I have I haven't roasted on it because I had I, I hooked it up, I turned it on, got it up to temperature, and I had another meeting I had to go to. So the four and a half pounds. So I soaked four and a half pounds of um the first one. I think I think I did use I used the Brazil and I soaked it in uh something better. I soaked it in uh, oh a local a vodka, a uh, uh, Olympia vodka. Um and I was like super stoked. I was like, this is gonna be awesome. It's local, you know. And so I kind of did the same thing. It was kind of like 48 hours and then like about two, three weeks to dry it. And then we started, we started roasting. We roasted about 80 pounds before we, or no, actually about 60 pounds before we roasted this um, uh, vodka soaked beans. And we, neither one of us had done it before. I mean, I'd done it on the popcorn maker. So as we were starting to roast it, we started to like smell some different things that usually you don't smell from a roaster. and then. Uh, in one of the exhaust pipes, it started to kind of glow a little oh. bit, and so we we realized that there was something that was clogged, but we didn't want to pause the roast because it was already like in the browning phase. So we we're like, so we we're like trying to like clean the pipes and not start a fire. It was it was fun. So An I learned it was, and then just last or yeah, two weeks ago, I brought down four and a half pounds of, uh, it was an Ethiopian and, and um, uh, Vietnam that I had soaked in a dark, it was, it's, they call it a dark roast rum. And so before we roasted that, we cleaned out the machine, we got everything ready. We had the fire extinguishers and we were like, we're going to get this going. And it was actually nine pounds because we did two roasts. So the first roast we did, it turned out pretty good. We were like, okay, we're starting to figure this out. Patrick's kind of learning this infused, you know, process with me and then um the second batch we both like tasted when we dropped it in the tray and it was like this is like we found the magic like potion of some sort it was like the best like coffee and infused that it was and it was so good that it was like how do we recreate this which is impossible because the ratio of beans was just left over so it might have been like five pounds of vietnam and like six pounds and then the alcohol I used was not even a full bottle. I didn't measure it. I just dumped it in there till it was full. And I was like, it's a one-off. So I have it, I have, I bagged it and I have some of it for sale in my shop. But I mean, I might, I might hold some back for a little while because it's so good. I really want to taste it. So what and, does it uh, taste like? So, well, well, roasting it, roasting, it, it burns out off out all the alcohol. So it's got, I mean, it's got a little bit of a sweeter taste. And I roasted it to like medium light. Actually, I'll I could send I'll send you a sample when I oh, send nice. you the other things. That'd be great. And uh, but the aroma is like so different than like regular coffee. Like the first time I did it, I had some coffee friends from a church. They smelled it and they're like, "Huh, that's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting smell." And so when we brewed it up, we did it in a Chemex and we tasted it. All of us were like, "Wow, that." that tastes way better than it smells. It's like, it doesn't smell, that one didn't smell amazing, but it tastes really good. This one smells good and tastes good. And I mean, it's going to be like my specialty kind of thing that I'm I'm hoping to kind of do. There's other coffee companies doing infusions, but they're doing like giant barrels of like a hundred pounds. And I'm like, no, I'm going to do like nine pounds, nine pound batches of infused coffee. And it's only going to be nine pounds, you know, and, um, special, very, very specialty. And I don't think, I mean, in my area, I don't know anyone else that's doing that. So I, I, I'd say I've never tried it. So it'd be interesting to see what it is like. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, 
one a bigger company that does uh, really good infusions and uh i've i've gotten some of their coffee and they have like zero information on their process which probably makes sense for them but it's it's really good but it's it's uh i mean it's big batch so i mean the beans aren't as high quality i don't think i think they're probably the beans are rating you know 82 83 not like 87 like that i'm trying to use so yeah so in terms of the roasting side are you doing it all yourself or have you got someone who or a staff member or anyone like that or is it is it purely just you that's doing it nope just just me so um right now or since october i've been going to a roasting like a community space so there's a community space in washington that has three roasters there's a a one a one k uh or what is it Nine pounds, whatever nine pounds is, two k, uh, four, four and a half ish. Yeah, I think and nine pound would be. Yeah, and then like a twenty pounder, and so they have all three different machines, and you could rent them by the hour, and you could roast beans there. So like I did a big project for a nonprofit I work with, um, and I did three hundred pounds. I roasted three hundred pounds in November, and I went there. So like I said yesterday, I just got my roaster hooked up in my shop. I had a smaller one and this wasn't working out. So I got this one from Patrick. And uh, so today, well, today I have outreach. Tomorrow is going to be my very first roast on in my shop. Nice. So it'd be great to, I'm roasting, great uh, to see some photos or videos of it the first oh, yeah. time you've used it. So is that yeah. now you yeah. bringing it in-house? Are you going to still use the community space? Or are you just solely so, going to go in-house roasting? Well, it kind of depends on my volume. Because um, right now I just picked up some like wholesale accounts that are kind of smaller, but come May, I'm going to have one account that's going to be 10 pounds a week on top of a bunch of other accounts. So I might have to, it might just save time just to go up and roast 50 pounds for them for, you know, cause it's a camp. So they have a majority of their people coming to camp are during the summer. So for June to August, they're going to need 10 pounds a week. So, I mean, it might make more sense rather than, you know, spending three hours or four hours to get it. I could do it in like half an hour, an hour. Yeah. So, so the coffee shop side then, so you've yeah. opened, this has all happened through a pandemic. Tell me what that was like getting everything sorted and set up. Plus alongside your roasting, the roasting side, you've been trying, yeah. have, did oh, you wait, have help there, opening the cafe? There was a pandemic. What? <laughs> you had that there? <laughs> oh yeah. That thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the question most people asked me when I told them I was going to start. Well, first they were like, you're starting a coffee shop. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then it was like, oh, did you work at coffee shops when you were younger? I was like, I never worked at a coffee shop in my life. Nope. Uh, and then there was the, okay, okay. And then I was like, aren't you a pastor? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yep. Okay, okay. So it was, it was. I think people were more curious and like wondering like, how is he going to do this? And uh, I mean, I build fairly well. Um, I work for an organization during the summer sometimes that builds houses in Mexico. So I have like basics down with like framing and like some masonry, not a ton. Um, but my dad actually came up in September and he helped me with the entire build out. Um, and uh, I have videos. I don't know if you'd link like on my Instagram, I have some videos on my TikTok. I have like a, a process video of part of the build out. Um, so they helped me. So my dad helped me with that. Um, I did have some, you know, friends and family kind of uh, pitch in to kind of help funding get 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 things started. Um, I started like, I mean, super super low budget start. I found a, a espresso machine used that was like in bad shape. I found someone to fix it, and 
He gave me a great deal on that. Uh, the refrigerator I found was like in some, you know, some guy's garage that he decided he wanted to sell. So as far as the pandemic, it helped me in some ways because people were trying to sell everything. And so when I pull up and they, you know, want $90 for a tiny little under counter refrigerator, I'm like, uh, maybe I'll give you $60, even though it's probably worth like $200. Uh, like, so I got the refrigerator super cheap. Um, I did, uh, I got a bigger refrigerator just after I opened. And then I got, right now I just have like one of those little tiny ice machines that, that does like, I think it does like a pound every hour. It's like super small. So I'll probably get a bigger one. That's probably my next thing. And then like this, so funny story, uh, the sink, the three bay sinks I found, cause they're hard to find. I don't know if they're hard to find where you are, but they're kind of hard to find in a, in a price range. That's not like, you know, 900, $800, like ridiculous amount. So I found one from a guy for like $200 and I was like, Oh, I'm totally going to go get this. And it was like, at first I was like, what's wrong with it? Like, why are you selling it so cheap? And he's like, Oh no, I just have a bunch of stuff I'm trying to sell. I'm like, that's my jam. Let's do this. So I had like a tiny little window to go up there. This guy, first I get there and he starts talking. He starts speaking Russian to me because my last name is Russian. So he thought I knew Russian. So he's like, oh, uh, I was like, uh, I, I, I speak. I don't speak Russian. I was like, he's like, oh, your last name. You know what it means? And he like started to give me a history of my last name. And I was like, dude, I just want this sink. I got to get going. So he opens up the back of a semi truck trailer. and. Like, I'm serious. If this was like at night behind a building with three other Russian guys, I would have definitely thought all this stuff was stolen. It was like full on, like, you know, big Russian guy with like the sweatsuit. And like, he, like, if he wanted to take my car and my clothes and everything I had, he probably could have because he was tough. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, yeah, I'll take the sink. And so the embarrassing part was, man, just, just muscled it up. Put, set it on the ground and i was like because i lifted one before i was like they're not light it's not like a one-man job usually except for this guy and so so he kind of looked at me like all right you're good so i i was like i'm gonna load it in my trailer he's like yeah go ahead and i was like uh i mean can i get some help and he's like ah and he started like saying stuff in russian and like the whole time we were carrying this sink to the trailer he was like probably cursing me out in russian talking about how weak the white guy i was or something so that was uh and it was it was one of those like he was like we could meet behind behind my house but since we're not supposed since we're supposed to be social distancing if anyone sees we're going to be apart and i was like okay you know i've been living this life you know pandemic life for a while and so um so that was really good so the hardest part i think for me personally in my kind of opening the coffee shop journey um because of the pandemic is uh government stuff like permitting Anything that I can't do easily online, trying to get a hold of someone was very difficult. Trying to get like just regular questions answered was difficult. So like uh, for um, uh, uh, processing plant, like we in, in the States, we have to do like a food processing plant certificate for the state. And I applied with them in May and I didn't have a space. But then in June, when I had the space, I gave them the address and they called me once when I was in Mexico. And I was like, hey, I'll be back in a couple of weeks. I'll call you then. And they didn't get, they weren't able to come out to my space until last month, until December. Wow. So from May to December, I was just waiting for this processing plant, you know, inspection. And I passed the inspection. Everything I knew everything was good. But so that was difficult that way. Um, and then opening, I think people in Washington are just kind of used to 
you know, hand sanitizer, wear a mask, social distance, you know, just we just kind of it's just part of our life now. We don't have to remind people. It's just kind of what we do. And people, I mean, it's ups and downs. People are out for a week. There's lots of people. And then there's people that are like, oh, no. And then it's like slower. So we have ups. Our weeks are ups and downs still. So I'm hoping, you know, next month, um, March, April starts where we start to hopefully level out. People are, and the weather gets nicer here. Yeah, people I was going to say, what's the weather like more. that at the minute, generally? Actually, today it's sunny. Yesterday it was a little sunny. It, it rained on Sunday. So it's still, you know, but but it's it's Washington. I mean, that's we're like the cap, the coffee capital of the country because of the weather. So we got a lot of it, both coffee and weather. So tell me about starting the coffee shop then. So did you did you staff it straight away or was it just a, a small operation where you were just serving the coffee as well? What did you have in place? Yeah. So um, one of the guys that I worked with at, at a church, I knew that he was a barista. He had worked in a few different um, coffee shops, including the the evil empire. And, uh, he was really good with the, the lattes and mochas and he did all the fancy art stuff. So I asked him, I said, I asked him about just starting, um, starting off, uh, for my open house for Fridays and Saturdays and just teaching me because like I said, I never worked at a coffee shop, so I needed to learn all the things. So, so, um, October, November, it was just him on Fridays and Saturdays with me. And then, um, a gal, from a camp that my daughter went to actually saw through social media, my daughter and through me, my social media saw that I was opening a coffee shop and she contacted me and said, Hey, I worked at a coffee shop. I enjoy working, you know, making coffee. I'm she's in school to be a pastry chef. Um, are you hiring? And I was like, well, I mean, I'm not really hiring because I'm not like there yet, but I mean, if you want to come out and kind of like see what we do, I told her, I was like, neither no one that I that I hire is going to be just making coffee. They're going to be helping me pack orders. They're going to be helping me bag coffee, uh, make you know candles, do other things that are involved in what I'm doing. And she she was totally down with that, and she's awesome. Like she she poured I think she poured thirty candles yesterday, and she bagged like twenty bags of coffee when I was doing other things. So I mean, she just rolls with it. She just does does what needs to be done. And so um, so that's kind of how I got them. Um, so to start, I had them just on like a contractor on, on, uh, I'm sure all the tax stuff is different in, in the UK, but we could pay contractors up to like $600 a year without having to do all the other tax stuff things. And so I knew because, because it was at, at the end of the year that I was just going to pay them that way. So this year I'm getting all the payroll stuff kind of worked out. I'm actually switching my, my, uh, website platform to be more uh, of an e-commerce platform because what I started with, I didn't know, was it like, it was very restrictive. And so I didn't want to restrict, you know, how people could get my coffee. I wanted to, you know, if someone wants it every week, I'm going to send it to them every week. So, um, so I switched that. Um, so I didn't really recruiting wise, I was really like dreading having to put any kind of an ad out like barista wanted, because I mean, you never know what you're going to get. And it's just, unnerving for me and especially since like next month I'm going to be gone for a week and then in April I'm going to be gone for a week and I was gone for a week last month and they were able to run it 100% and I trust both of them that there's no problem I mean I have four cameras in the shop and outside the shop so you know I have no problem like kind of checking in and be like hey all right what's going on or you know I could kind of see what's going on during the day um so just getting someone I don't know would be harder for me because I'd I'd be, you know, concerned about it the whole time I was gone. Where these guys are great, they're friends, they're, you know, 
amazing. So you've got to trust your staff, haven't you? And like you say, when you're gone oh, yeah. and you haven't got someone that you are at least up to the point where you do trust them, it's much more difficult. But how do how does your shop run? Do you have any systems in place or is it just do the guys just operate it based on what you've taught them? Oh, yeah. So I have an opening a opening checklist and a closing checklist. And then I have like tasks like like two weeks ago when I was gone, I had like a list of tasks for them to do, whether it was, you know, bag some of the coffee I had just roasted and label it um, and make sure everything's stocked. I had, you know, just regular coffee cleaning, like clean this on Monday, clean this on Tuesday, things like that. Um, and both of them were pretty were pretty good about, you know, finding things to do. And so they weren't just kind of stick because we're we're pretty low traffic. I mean, we'll get 10 people, 10 to 15 people a day when we're open and we're only open Wednesday to Saturday. So, I mean, we're low traffic enough where they do need other things to do. And they like they make videos on on Instagram. They'll do like a bunch of reels. And Josh does, did a whole bunch of those when I was gone. So. So, yeah. So in terms of the area around you, what have you got in the way of competition from as a mm. coffee, coffee shop wise? Have you got much in the way of competition? Besides the evil empire? Uh, well, so in Olympia directly, from my knowledge, we have three, three other roasters. Two of them are like super high volume. Uh, one of them is like statewide, like they're Olympia, but they're like in Seattle. They're all over the place. I think they got like six or seven locations, which is great. I mean, it was two brothers, I think, that started it. So it's a great story, but they're a little like, I don't know the right word. Like, like there's like coffee connoisseurs and there's people that enjoy really good coffee. And then there's like the, you know, I, I call them like the slurpers and smellers. And I'm not a slurper and smeller. Like I won't, I mean, if someone wanted me to do a cupping, I would, but I don't really like the 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 show of it. I feel like is more than actual smelling and tasting. Uh, I don't know. Have you done a cupping? No, really? <clears throat> well, if you ever have a chance, <coughs> the experience is, is, is just like a, it's like a, it feels like a show. It feels like you're going through the steps and you're, have you done a wine tasting? Okay. So it's very similar, except it's like notched up in like fanciness. I don't know. That's not really a word, but you know what I mean? And so I feel like that they spend a lot of time on that, which is fine. That's, you know, everyone needs a space. So. As far as like my size, I'm probably one of maybe two people in our county that are roasting smaller batch. And the other person is roasting smaller batch. They don't have like a storefront or a shop. They only sell online. And then one of the other guys, an older guy in in the area, this is a great guy. Um, and I've talked to him a few times. He's given me some really good advice. And he roasts a lot of like just obscure beans that, you know, I've never heard of or like I didn't know they, that country even grew coffee. And and uh, he's got two giant machines, and but he's getting older, so I don't think he roasts as much. But he's very personable. I was able to talk to him, and you know everything. And then one of the other, so yeah, so I'd say there's three bigger ones, and then one maybe two smaller ones. Um, and then coffee shop wise, I mean we have a lot of coffee stands. I don't know if coffee stands are popular. I mean, if you're on an island, you probably don't have coffee stands because no one's in a hurry, right? Are you are you like living couple, the island life? Couple, <laughs> couple of mobile ones, but nothing like not like a coffee stand and i think even generally in the uk they're not a huge thing yeah just yet but yeah. whether they catch from, on they may well do but yeah so from like from my for example from my house to my coffee shop i could probably stop at four or five coffee stands and i'm about 10 miles away from my shop so there's a lot so um but right on my right where i am there's no coffee shops in the immediate area 
Like, so I'm kind of like on a main road and there's nothing else on that main road. So um, I get a lot of local like neighbor people coming in. They're like, oh, we saw that you you're open. Want to try your coffee. And um, so I get that way. Uh, I am trying to get into a few of those stands, having them, you know, roast my coffee or brew my coffee and serve my coffee. Um, so I'm trying to kind of break into there, but it's uh, it's a little difficult to kind of like take them from whatever they're wherever they're buying coffee and switch them. But I try to tell my story. Everyone, not everyone, a, a majority of people like a, a coffee company that is helping the community in a big way, not just like sending, you know, funds like which I I mean, I believe in helping people overseas and helping those that need it. But being able to say like our coffee helps our community in our county. This is how I'm helping through this cup of coffee. It's not, I'm not, no one, I'm not getting rich. No one's getting rich off of campus coffee. We're giving money away. <laughs> We're helping others. We're trying to like better our community through the coffee shop. Yeah. It's very so, difficult for some people, like certainly for roasters to get their foot in the door with certainly with cafes or coffee stands in that case, because once people have that relationship with a roaster, they tend to stay with it. But like you say, you're talking about your story, your brand story there, essentially. Right. What? Because it's beyond just coffee, isn't it? What you do. It's not just about, like you say, making coffee and making money. Right. There's no. a deeper purpose to what you're doing. So that all, that could add, like you say, you get that story across, then people will be right. more likely to, and, to look at yeah. what you do. And it's it's a balance in that, like even because I, I like I mentioned, I was in I'm, I was in the army, and it's a balance because I don't want to like I don't want someone at the end of the day I don't want someone just to go with my coffee because I help. I want someone to go with my coffee because it's good coffee and because we're helping our community. So I don't want someone to just come to my shop because I'm a veteran. I want someone to come to my shop maybe because I'm a veteran, but also because I have good coffee. You know what I mean? I don't want I don't want to be like. Hey, you know, I checked the boxes, so you should come here. I want like to show, hey, that's, and I think that's part of the reason I don't, I don't push it a lot in my shop that we were connected to nonprofit because I want people to like ask and I want to like tell the story that way. I don't want to like welcome to Campus Coffee. Have you heard about the you know service that we do? You know, kind of thing. I don't want to do. I don't want to do something like that. I want to be more you know friendly than than in your face. <laughs> so, so staff wise, then for your coffee shop, are, are you seeing it? Is the potential to grow from where you are now? Um, I think for my shop personally, um, Campers Coffee, I think with one other person, maybe if I have her more than three, you know, because I have her like barely part time, like 10 hours a week, 10, 15. So if I was to grow enough in like wholesale orders, then I would probably have her there more often. So she could do all the making the coffee and packaging and I'd be roasting more. Um because like I said, you know, Wednesday through Saturdays are coffee days. Uh, you know, I have the nonprofit that I'm running. I do that on Mondays and Tuesdays. And Sunday, I try to have, you know, family day. You know, you know about that family day. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> that's where I see that why, way. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, in business, I mean, I, I'm not going to hire a full-time bookkeeper, but I'm going to have someone probably help with the finance part as I start to grow. Because... Uh, I mean, it's, I think it's just smart. It's just better to have someone else doing that rather than, you know, someone that does that all the time. Yeah, it's very just... easy to, once you get going or once you're getting started, that you think, oh, yeah, I'll do it all. I'll do it all. And you get busier. You, you're spending more time operationally running yeah. the business. And then suddenly your paperwork is months out of date. And the last yeah. thing you want to be doing is be or chasing 
your yeah. paperwork as well as if you're getting busy if your business is growing so yeah, right. You're, you're, yeah you're right it's so much better to be getting on top of that at the start yeah yeah at the end of the month you're looking like hey where all i know we made money where did it all go <laughs> it's somewhere someone got it <laughs> so in terms of that then so you're still you're very much hands-on in terms of the finance side as well yes yeah we're um I'm using I'm just using like Excel, you know, spreadsheets right now. Um, I am going to be switching. Like I said, I'm switching my website and my payroll stuff. I'm switching over to uh, a different uh, website, and I'll probably be using you know more of a payroll software and a budgeting software. Um, but I mean, I'm pretty low low key right now, where I don't have a ton of expenses. I don't have a ton of like going ins and coming outs. But as I start to grow some of these like wholesale accounts, like I've already gotten three that I'm looking at right now. I'm like okay, well, I'm going to have to track those invoices. And then one of them was like, hey, if I uh, do you want me to pay you a check or electronically? And I was like, well, I mean, electronically seems like it's better, right? Because you get it quicker. And then she's like, uh, most of our vendors want checks because you don't have any fees. And I was like, that's a good point. Thank you for teaching me. I'm 100% now I want checks because I don't have the 2 3% fees yeah. for electronic. So The fees can add up very quickly. I know certainly in our shop, when you look at it at the end of every quarter and you're thinking, that's a huge chunk of money, but it's a bit different for, for us as a cafe. I think on a wholesale account, yeah, absolutely. Because you, you're working on, I don't know if you oper- operate on a on a credit basis anyway, but there's always that delay between supply and, or generally between supply and getting the cash, isn't there? But it, if you can save money on the fees in any part, especially when you're so small, it's so much better to do that, isn't it? Well, and that's one of the, one one big thing I've learned too. I'm like, I understand some of these shops that are cash only kind of places. I'm like, well, yeah, because first it's easier just to like count money at the end of the day and you don't have any fees involved in it. Like, so you, when, when you're taking electronic payments, you're not only paying fees, but eventually you're going to pay tax on that too. And so there's like this weird balance that I'm learning. Like, I don't mind taking cash as much as like when I started, I was like, eh, do I really want to even have a cash box? And now I'm like, cash i might even like lower my prices for cash <laughs> one of those like i don't know if the gas stations or you call them petrol stations if they have like a cash price and a credit price <laughs> some of ours do yeah no we don't tend to have that sort of concept over no. here now but oh. i think it is like i think you're right it's like for me i always thought it's great getting when you get a lot on the credit cards it's so much easier at the end of the day when you're cashing up you're not counting tons of cash but like you say it's for the cat you've got to count the cash there's cash to count yeah. anyway but to have yeah. less less handling of money is easier in one way but yeah. obviously there's a cost associated with that i don't know about the tons of cash part but hey i mean i welcome counting tons of cash at the end of the day <laughs> i'm gonna send you a picture I'm going to send you a picture of this, like, throwing cash in the air. Notes Check it out. Tons of cash. This is what you're talking about. <laughs> but Let's get it. So the next 12 months for Campus Coffee, where, yes. what what we can we expect from you? I know you, you mentioned earlier in passing about candles. You've got a, another oh, yeah. product. Yeah. So in November, I started to look at, like, my shop has coffee, and that was it. And so I started to figure out, like, so I have like a laser machine. And so I started to do some laser engraving on like magnets and like coasters. And I was like really kind of looking for that, that something else to complement the coffee. And my youngest daughter, actually, um, I came, I came across someone making candles and I talked to her, asked her, Hey, would you like to do this? Something we can do together. You'll learn. 
as as your kids get older, you're like trying to find those things you can do because just like playing and like getting muddy or or you know having tea time or something gets old once they get older. <laughs> so so she's like, yeah, I'd love to do that. So so we uh, had a uh, a rough first batch, but we made candles together, and uh, you know I I made like little. I'll send you one too when I when I send them. I'll, I made like tops on the laser machine. And I tried to make them unique and on brand with Campers Coffee. And they just started to get popular and people started to really like the scents that we were doing, the smells. And uh, so now I have, I think, I think I'm even now because I just roasted two new, new origins. So I think I have six origins of coffee and I think I have six set candle scents. And they're all and, coffee scented. No, no, they're not all coffee scented. I have like a, a trail mix, which is like a berries and nuts. And then I have like a, um, a citrus, which is like a lemon. So I have all different. So I only have peppermint. I had a peppermint coffee for the season. I had pumpkin spice for season. And then I had, uh, now I have like a morning brew is like a coffee scent because someone would, someone smelled one of my peppermint. They're like, Hey, do you have a coffee scented candle? I was like, no, I guess I should probably have that. I, I I'm in a coffee shop and coffee and candles. So, um, so the candles is something that's really going. Um, I got on a wholesale website that uh like smaller shops go to so i got that going uh with the coffee and candles so the one thing i've learned so far in the coffee and candles aspect is like at um farmers markets coffee is food producing and candles is considered crafts and some farmers markets won't let you sell both of those in the same space so they're like you have to have one space for this and one space for that and i'm like that makes no sense to me. I'm sure there's reasons for it, but I'm like, well, now I have to decide which one do I think at a farmer's market I'm going to make more money on, which is going to be more popular, and which, like, do I do one one week and one the other week? And it's kind of, I don't really know. I haven't really decided on that. So so your question was the next 12 months. Um, I'm definitely looking at doing a cart, some kind of a coffee, either a trailer or I don't know if you've seen, like, the ridiculous crazy trends here in the states where people are turning horse trailers in the coffee carts i have seen that actually yeah it is like at first i didn't understand it and then i started to look at trailers because i I mean i had an old trailer look like my logo and it is like two by fours or two by twos and metal thin metal and and horse trailers are straight made out of metal and they're double axle they're made for tons of weight i understand the, the like the draw and actually I probably shouldn't talk too bad because my buddy Patrick, he's actually doing a horse trailer right now. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, but he's only doing it for events. So if you do, if you only have a trailer for event, like private events, then you don't have as much paperwork and like uh, inspections. So I'm definitely looking at doing some kind of a mobile something. I don't know exactly what, probably a trailer because I'm campers coffee, probably a camper. Um, but as I start to do more events, I want to move from like, shows like home shows or like you know private party kind of things um to like park my camper trailer at a football game or something and be able to serve coffee that way so i'm gonna do that uh hopefully in the next actually probably six months um at first like right away i was almost thinking we were gonna need a bigger space but i feel like our space is probably gonna work for us for at least another year um once I am at a volume where I'm going to need a bigger roaster and I'm stepping up the volume of coffee I'm roasting to, I mean, right now, if I was to guess, I'm probably doing 
right now, this month, I'm probably doing 100 pounds a month. Starting next month, it'll probably be 200. And then probably in May, it's going to jump to like 500. And then hopefully by the end of the year, I'll be close to 1,000 pounds a month. And so at that point, I'm going to have to look at either another space or another roaster in my space or something. So um, I don't have a lease. So, I mean, if I found, if someone said, hey, I believe in what you're doing, I want to give you this 2,000 square foot space down in the prime area, then I'm I'm gone next week. <laughs> so, but until that happens, uh, I'm in my space that we're just kind of living in, you know, working in our space and it's got enough, you know, room for what we're doing. And um, I probably, like I said, uh, depending on, how my barista, if she stays around, she's kind of in transition. Uh, at the end of summer, she's kind of working through some, not knowing exactly if she's going to be here or go somewhere else. So I would really not like to have to hire someone else. But if I do, I'm going to have to start looking for someone that, you know, can do more than just make coffee. And I need someone that can help with the candles. I can help with the bagging, the weighing, the shipping, the orders, all that kind of thing. So, so, um, cause that's a big piece. I mean, Right now we have three different three different sources that are coming to us with orders, like like three different website sources. So like my website, another website I did a coffee for, and then a wholesale. So someone that knows how to kind of coordinate all those different sources to pack correctly and make sure the coffee we're sending the freshest coffee to you know newer clients and like all those things that go into like business wise stuff that yeah. I'm learning as I go. Yeah. Well, no, it sounds like you've certainly got an exciting twelve months ahead of you. Certainly, if, so. you, if your growth numbers are like they are, it'll be a, a good challenge for you. But uh, listen, before we say goodbye, let everyone know how can they find out more about what you're doing with Campus Coffee and also with City Campus. All right. So um, Instagram is like our friend. It's our best friend here. Uh, Campus Coffee on Instagram, uh, or I think it's Campus Coffee Co. on Instagram. And then um, City Campers, let me double check because I, I always I mess up. Yeah, it's Olympia City Campers is on Instagram. And then um, uh, citycampers.org is our website. And campers.coffee is for our coffee website. So, and of course, if anyone's ever in Olympia, come on by um, and uh, have a cup of coffee. So uh, those things. And then, uh, we ha- I mean, we have, a, we have a campers coffee, TikTok, and, uh, you know, but Mostly the Instagram is where we get where we have a majority of our social media and our presence. Um, and of course, we have Facebook. We have both on Facebook. But I always see people on Instagram because that's where I spend most of my time creating. Yeah. So brilliant. So yeah. Jonathan, thank you very much for appearing on the Cafe Hustle. And it was great to see you. Wish you luck with everything you're doing. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was fun to be here. It's so great to hear Jonathan's journey there and how his mission with City Campers gave him the idea to get into coffee, done a little bit of roasting at home, but then that gave him the spark to see that coffee really can connect our communities. It can support our communities in so many ways, not just through giving great coffee or great service, but can also help people who are maybe less fortunate than than we are. So again, it's another example of how coffee connects our people, our communities, and it gives us that extra dimension to what we class as a community so make sure you check out campers coffee and obviously city campers the outreach 
program behind that, which is really, really high up on Jonathan's priorities. So make sure you check them out. And if you're able to support them in any way, if you're in and around that area, make sure you do so. Check them out and see what great things they're doing. So until next time, thank you very much for joining me again on the Cafe Hustle. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate all the feedback I'm getting from so many people. It's really great to know that we are touching the right sort of subjects, the right range of things. So I really appreciate it. And I'll speak to you again next time.